Yes, people, it's episode 207 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. How you doing? Are you well? Um, I It's Sunday, Sunday the, the 17th of January, and uh, I am just chilling, chilling before I actually do some useful house shit like hoover and mop, because you've got hard floors, so you need to mop. You need to hoover first, though, you need to actually move. The bed and stuff. Oh God! You know, I dropped, um, I dropped something on the floor, and I had to go on the floor to get. It. And it was like near the edge of the bed. And I looked under the bed. It, it looked like the fucking apocalypse <laughs> under there. It looked like um, after a kind of a nuclear holocaust. You know when you see the films where there's been a bomb, someone's been asleep like in a cryogenic chamber for. 200 years and they wake up and the earth is not the same as it used to be everything's just sandy as hell they're just walking it's like you know what i mean like mad max style people just walking up to you just in leather with goggles on because it's just dust in the air the radiation so you're not from around here are you he's like no where's Where's Liverpool Street Station? They're like, what the hell's a station? <laughs> if you got any books, what the hell's a book? The internet? What the hell's the internet? That's what it looks like under the bed, man. Just It looks dreadful. So I need to move this bed and get a hoovering. Um, but I'm going to do the podcast first. Well, that's what I planned for today. To hoover, then to mop, then to watch Tottenham against Sheffield United, um, be disappointed there, just piss myself off for the day, and then to watch Manchester United versus Liverpool, and hopefully watch both those teams lose, that's what I see, you know what I mean, um, and just, yeah, guess you got to cheer on United, because they got Marcus Rashford, and he wants to feed the kids, and uh, tell you what, um, I'm not sure if I said this last week, but the news were absolutely mocking, the government and Marcus Rashford guide if if they don't improve these school meals, the government are surely scared to suffering the wrath of Marcus Rashford. <laughs> and then like even Boris has used Marcus Rashford as somehow he's he, his government's fucked up, but this guy's so good at PR spinning, he's managed to use Rashford as a stick to batter the Labour Party with. Do you know how G that is? I don't like Boris. But I do like people who can politic, who do their job. And he's a politician and he's politicking. Right? How can you fuck up the school meals and you manage to blame the opposition? Because he goes, well, Marcus Rashford are doing a, is doing a better job at holding the government accountable than the opposition. He's like, how, how have you made that this? I'm doing shit, but you're doing shit at putting out how shit I'm doing. Do better. <laughs> But ultimately, that is how a government should work, right? I was trying to think about this. These kind of things I daydream about is uh, different government systems, yeah? Because whatever reason, I end up reading um, parts of George Washington's... Um, oh, what's the word? It's not his declaration. It's his, basically his last speech before he ends being president. It basically gives advice to America. Right, I guess this will spun off the... Um, Obviously, the stuff that happened in Capitol, at the Capitol in Washington, I started reading about it. You know, you go down like a internet wormhole. And he was basically saying about 
hey, you shouldn't have two party systems in the government. Because what ends up happening is, is you end up having rivalries between the parties and people obviously become very partisan, stick to party politics. Um, they don't actually go against their party because they have loyalty to the party. And what ends up happening is you say the Reds are in power for four years or eight years or five years, whatever. And then the, the Blues, their whole identity is based on just shitting on everything the Reds do. And then as soon as they get in, they just spend their time, rather than progressing the country, just trying to undo everything the Reds did. Yeah, and just blame the Reds for this, blame the Reds for that. And they're in power for like four, five, eight years, whatever. And then guess what happens? The Reds go in and they go, hey, all the blue stuff, that they did shit and they tried to undo all of that. And you know what I mean? And they just undermine each other. So I was thinking, is there a way? Like, do you add more parties? But I don't think that helps because, again, you just have you saying party loyalty. And then I thought, you know, like, what, what is the best way to do it? And is it the same thing like what I had at uni? Sounds dumb, right? But at our uni, our student union, you have someone apply for president, someone apply for uh, for marketing, for whatever, right? So you are effectively the same party. And what you then do, you have candidates for the different positions. So maybe that's what you should have in the UK, right? So you have like candidates, you're not voting for a party. You're voting for the candidate to be the prime minister. And then you vote for the candidate to be the chancellor of the exchequer. And then you vote for the candidate to be the uh, defence minister. Maybe like the big, like the, the top ones. So Home Secretary, Foreign Secretary, Chancellor of the Exchequer, Prime Minister. You get those, you, you vote on those four. And then once those four are in power, they can, among themselves, pick who else they want to do the other ministerial roles. So like education secretary and all that stuff or how about this like the minister like the education secretary is voted for by those who work in education how about that people so and people work in healthcare they they vote for um is there a healthcare minister yeah and those who work in who are affected by transport you vote for your transport minister and yeah and, and you know, different candidates put their manifesto. They're not associated with a party. And then you, that's how a government's formed with this eclectic mix of people with ideas. And yeah, you disagree and you agree on certain things, but you try to just keep the fucking country going. You keep the government going. And then every four years, you re-vote. So yeah, so your, depart, your uh, transport secretary might stay in for eight years. Because they're doing the job well. Shit, they may stay in for 16 years. Whatever. Because they're doing their job well. But everyone else... Nah, reshuffling the Prime Minister. Reshuffling that. How about that? How about that for a bit of a revolutionary idea? I think that would be a good idea. I'm not sure... I'm pretty sure somebody knows way more about politics than me. To... You know, explain to you why that's such a stupid idea what I just said. Um, maybe because we're too stu- like too stupid and basic as voters, they were like, "Look, I just want to pick red or blue. Don't start telling me I need to vote for the individuals, even though that is how most of us vote, right?" The amount of times I saw people who agreed with Corbyn's policies, but I just don't like Corbyn. They agreed with the Labour Party policy. I just don't like Corbyn. Don't trust Corbyn. So it's like, hmm. 
but it's a bit weird. So yeah, so not sure, not sure how it works. But then I guess manifestos would be yeah, you guess you have to do your individual manifesto um, for your own department, right? I'm education sector. I'm going to invest this much into primary schools and this much into after school programs. I'm going to do this and that. And then I guess chancellors gonna have a tough job because all these people have their own. There, yeah, I guess you've got your less coordination with budgets and stuff, right? I suppose. Ah, we'll see. We'll see. I think they're all smart people. They could make it work, surely. Surely they can make that work. But um, what has been going on in the world, um, other than me theorising about how to run government? Um, you know, I used to joke saying that I want to be a prime minister, not because I actually wanted to help this country, just because megalomania had to... <laughs> Meglo manic reasons i just wanted to have such a position of power and just to have an interesting line on the wikipedia page i guess that's what happens with trump so it probably doesn't work out for the best um but what has been going on in the world i guess we'll talk about vaccines and stuff we're talking about the government they finally introduced uh they finally suspended all travel corridors we're talking about the government we'll, we'll segue into that um, so if you didn't know, the UK finally shut all travel corridors from every country on the planet, which means that travellers from all countries must offer proof of a negative COVID test taken in the previous 72 hours before departing for the UK. And then international rivals must then quarantine for 10 days, although they have a choice of doing an extra test on day five to shorten the isolation period. So finally, because there's no point making us all stay indoors. If bloody so-and-so could just come over here from bloody South Africa. Bloody come over here from bloody New Zealand. Come over here from bloody Brazil. Come over here from bloody Jamaica. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't have all these people coming in. They ain't even being tested. But yes, yeah, it's, it's about time, right? So why is it taking so flipping long? Like, what was the motive? I don't even know what the motive was. Why it took so long? It's just for me, it's been baffling. Like, I'll say, I know in hindsight, we say, I'm not sure how we would have dealt with it psychologically as a nation if we just got put into some flipping super saiyan lockdown from March. Because we weren't in lockdown. People did keep on saying it. So, oh, we're in lockdown. It's like, well, I've seen other countries. We are not in lockdown. We have restrictions, but we're not in lockdown. I know, like, I've got family in Mauritius. They were in lockdown, like locked down in the sense of you need papers to be walking in the street. Like, where are your papers? You are getting arrested if you're out on the street past 6 p.m., past the curfew, and you ain't got papers before the curfew. And then, you know, those countries where the police are just nuts. Like, I know it's black people, the police are bastards for us, I know. But what I'm saying is they're not nuts. They're not. You're not nuts like other countries. They're not nuts like the countries that we're from. Jamaica, Nigeria, that, that face where it's just like, we don't give a fuck. We will fuck you up. You know those countries. The poorer the country, the nuttier the police are. Except America. No, but even then, I say America, in, you know, on balance, probably most of the police officers in America do just go do their job and do their investigations and arrest bad guys, right? And then you obviously get the the crazy ones. Uh, what is going on with Derek Chauvin, actually? Is he... Um, let's, uh, I'll have to do a Derek Chauvin update. 
And same as Breonna Taylor's killers as well. So, um, but that isn't what I was talking about. I was talking about travel corridors, how we finally shut it. Would you have been okay with being in that super lockdown back from March? I'm not sure you would have. This country's essence, this country's uh, vibe is you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me what to do. That is this country. That is Britishness summed up in a sentence. You can't tell me what to do. Even if it's someone who can legitimately tell you what to do. Bouncer on the front door of a nightclub. You, you're trying to get in. They're like, no ID, no entry. I got ID, let me in. No, I just said, no ID, no entry. Who the fuck are you? Get out of my way, I'm going in. No, mate, you're not. <laughs> That's our attitude. Like, that is this country. I'm not following the rules and I do what I want. I guess that's why this country did go around colonising the world. Hey, excuse me, you can't take that. That's sacred. Um, who are you though, mate? Um, sorry, I live here. This is my country. Uh, all right, mate. It's mine now. You can't tell me what to do. Fucking British. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah, I'm in your country. You can't tell me what to do. That's, that's, that's just Britishness. That's just it, man. And um, I doubt we would have been able to be put in a three-month lockdown. No travel. Nothing. Don't go out. No travel. Home deliveries for food. That's it. Work from home. And if you can't work from home, then yeah, you guys can go out. But everyone else, sit down. Otherwise, you're getting shot in the foot. Where's your papers? You're going to work. I'm pulling you over. Where's your papers? I'm putting you in some COVID detention centre. Because you can't seem to stay indoors. Trust me, if that had happened for three months, yeah, we would have been probably psychologically traumatised, but we've had no COVID. <laughs> we've got it under control. Don't know, man. Don't know, but the vaccine, maybe once the vaccine's here, we can just, you know, get out there. We just get out there and be travelling around. But who's taking the vaccine? Tell you who's not taking the vaccine. Seems like black and Asian people aren't taking the vaccine, right? I obviously knew about black people not taking it. I didn't really think about Asian people. Um, granted, they are the biggest minority in this country. But as a black person, I think black people are the majority everywhere. And everything revolves around us. <laughs> but no, um, COVID fake news causing UK um, South Asians to reject jab. And I've read the similar thing about um, African and Caribbean community as well in, in the UK communities i should say in in the uk well we're not taking this jab we're not taking this jab and it's it's one of those ones right now i understand the distrust of the vaccine stuff hasn't really worked out well for us when it comes to medical experiments and trials i get that but check this out right how many times in the history of western civilization so i'm talking about you know your white countries your europeans and you know, the united states how many times in the history of Western civilization, have black people had the inside scoop on something? Just just think about that. How many times have black people had the inside scoop? You know, so the evil bad government are planning something, um, and then we know about it. Hardly ever. We might be the first to understand when it's happened to us, granted, but how many times do we know about it before? Very rarely. Right, now just hear me out. Hear me out of my thought process here. Okay. So, 
they're rolling out a vaccine that now black people aren't taking and it doesn't seem to be much of a campaign or a drive to make black people take it all statistics seem to show that black people are more likely to get it granted that's not based on race that's based on social economic positioning in the sense of having frontline worker jobs but black people seem to be the most likely and asian people be most likely to get it covid that is but we're not the most likely to get the vaccine so we're dying at a higher rate and the government don't seem to really be doing much about that if we want to talk about conspiracies how about the conspiracy that they've got a virus going around they've got a vaccine for the virus but black and asian people aren't taking the vaccine and they're happy about that how about that for an alternative conspiracy now what i'm saying is are black people likely to have got the inside scoop to be avoiding this vaccine and somehow defeating the government or have the government double chest moved black and asian people gone ha ah, have your misinformation spread around don't take the vaccine we'll get all vaccinated you lot won't disease will stay around you lot will fucking die off ta-da i don't know i'm just putting it out there i don't know now you're saying darren would you take the vaccine you're here playing mr wise guy would you take the vaccine i've said it from day one with the vaccine i don't trust the vaccine however it's a simple maths equation do i want to do a yes do I need to take the vaccine to do A? Yes. Therefore, I will have to take the vaccine. It's as simple as that. Do you know the amount of times I don't want to give information over to someone when they go, oh, if you want access to this, you have to. Yes, every time I go on the flipping internet. Similar with health. When I went to Malaysia, I needed vaccines to go there. And it wasn't even, oh, you can't come in this country if you don't have this vaccine. It wasn't even that. I was just like, I just don't want fucking yellow fever and typhoid. This is two, it was 2019. No, 2018 when I last went to Malaysia. 2018, I'm not dying of typhoid. You know what I mean? Those old medieval diseases. Got stuff like tuberculosis coming back now. Mumps. Rubella. Rickets. These are the kind of illnesses that your granddad's brother died of. I remember when I was young and and, and my brother Delroy died of Lyme's disease. Is that Lyme's disease? No, actually, wait, shit. Lyme's disease is a current thing, not Lyme's disease. Scurvy. That was the one I was thinking. <laughs> I just knew Lyme's helped you with scurvy. Scurvy was the thing I was thinking of. Yes, I remember when Delray died of scurvy. You know, them, them kind of illnesses. You should be died of that. Yes, yes, he died of smallpox. Th th all these kind of weird old illnesses that have been eradicated. Guess what? Coming back. And I get it, we're scared. We're scared, man. You read stuff about Bill Gates making people die of polio in Africa. Polio vaccines making people ill. Cool. I hear that. And also, if you read recent updates, that wild polio is almost eradicated from Africa. That same disease that no one gets in the UK, polio. 
See what I mean? So it's just that I get the distrust um, of big pharmaceutical companies. I get the, I get the drive to hold them accountable because that's the one thing. So here's the thing. I'm not just all one side. I like to be balanced. Here's the thing. So having um, the government sign literally a waiver to say that these uh, pharmaceutical companies can't have any lawsuit against them. Yeah, that makes you nervous, right? Now, here's the thing. I think, and I don't know, someone correct me if I'm wrong from chatting shit. I think what that actually means is you can't sue the pharmaceutical company. The government will take it. They will take the suing if it goes wrong. Which, if that's the case, I totally understand that from a commercial perspective. Because if my job is to develop a vaccine that I say I need to test for this long, and I'm not... 100% 100% certain about the side effects and I've told you this when I'm selling you it I don't want anything coming back to me when it fucks up because I've said it may fuck up so don't come back to me if it fucks up okay don't cry so sign this to say nothing's coming back to me if it's if there's an issue with it it's on you I think that's what's happened with it but I think what people have read and again correct me if I'm wrong is they think that because you can't sue the pharmaceutical company no one's going to be held accountable and if that's the case then by all means yes push back push back until there's someone that can be held accountable if it goes wrong because it's it's a serious thing it's a serious thing having the vaccine is serious having covid is flipping serious these new strains that are kicking people's asses uh, it's definitely coming closer to home for me there's friends of friends uh before it's just people i didn't even know now it's friends of friends colleagues it's it's nuts it's get it's closed it feels like it's closing in just like oh i know that person and oh i know that person yeah you know i mean I, so it's closing in but i don't know, man i just i'm just saying black and brown people um save your aunties in it save the aunties and uncles in the whatsapp group they're they're posting misinformation just tell them look just uh that's not true Mate, just redirect them to real information. They're from the age where they trust everything on the news. You ever spoke to your mum? Like my mum's in her sixties. She's she's quite savvy in the sense of she uh, doesn't send chain messages. Um, when people call her, trying to scam her out of money, she's like, "Who are you? Where are you calling from? BT, you say? Okay. So what's what's my account number?" And they're like, Boop. <laughs> "She's quite savvy there." Or she's like, this is the number you should be calling if you're calling for BT, because it's all in my son's name. They're like, boop. See, so she's savvy enough for that, but she's still off the generation that I heard on the news. I read in the newspaper. So, you know what I mean? So there's people like that. As soon as they get something coming to their inbox, it is written down, therefore it's true. Someone from work told me, therefore it is true. I don't know, man. I don't know, but I I just I just hope this all works out. But I will be taking the vaccine. I don't want to be the first in line, granted. Uh, and obviously, there's going to be some mad side effects. But if I need to take it to get on with my life, fine. Or if I just need to show I've got a negative test, don't mind that. I will shove a cotton um, cotton bud right down the back of my throat. Don't mind. Anyway. Enough of COVID. Um, how long have we been talking for? We have been talking for 23 minutes. Cool. And I've, I've got more topics, people. I've actually got topics. I'm prepared this week. Um, so so th- th- what we'll talk about the next section is all about cyber stuff. I'm not a cyber guy. 
I, I know I know, I know very little. I don't even like computers. I'm an old man in that respect. Um, I graduated university in 2010. I have not owned a laptop since then. Any laptop I've ever used has been provided by the company I work for. Um, I do a lot of my computer stuff on my phone. Um, that's why I've always spent so much money on phones because I don't have a laptop. Um, that's how tech savvy I am. I've only ever owned two phones in my life that I've used to their full potential I mean like every single system and app that comes inbuilt with the phone I had open activated coordinated synced up and it all worked perfectly and my phone felt fully like optimized yeah like it was just I'm really using the shit out of this phone I've, I've currently got a galaxy s10 plus I've had for I guess two years now I reckon I use about 15% of of its ability. <laughs> I don't use this phone at all. But anyway, um, but I know the little I do know, I know when I read a headline that says police scrambling to recover more than 150,000 records wiped from UK database. Something shit has happened. Yeah, a software error caused 150,000 arrest records and thousands of other pieces of information to be deleted. Now, um now that that is nuts right to lose that much information um it holds records of arrests prosecutions fingerprints dna vehicles and other data needed for real-time checks jesus christ um no sorry that's the that's the pnc the police national computer that's what it has on there um, but earlier this week, a software error caused 150,000 arrest records and thousands of other pieces of information to be deleted. Now, they say, uh, while the loss relates to individuals who were arrested and then released with no further action, I have asked officials and the police to confirm that their initial assessment that there is no threat to public safety, he said. Now, at this fast time, review has identified the problem and corrected the process so it cannot happen again. That's cute. But listen. Imagine 150,000 records. You know this is one of those things, right? Mark this day. It's one of those things that are going to come back in about two years' time. When some fucking serial killer or some serial rapist is just fucking offending dirtbag, yeah? Who got arrested, slipped up, terrorist, whatever. Arrested, slipped under the radar. Because he's got an alibi for this one. And when they find out, rah, he was arrested four times and rah, his records were deleted for two of those arrests is that like, we thought we had him I, I know it's going to come out I know it's going to come out that someone's going to get arrested and their records were deleted as part of this 150,000 and someone's going to be made a patsy and have to step down from their job because that's how it all goes but um, nuts man back your shit up that's that's um, that's rule number one isn't it no, it's rule number two of uh that's rule number one of data storage. Back your shit up. Um rule number one of fixing the IT problem is turn it off and turn it back on again. Um number another rule for IT is your passwords. Um make your password memorable but also different from your other passwords. 
which just isn't the case. Like most people, you, you just have the same password with some different numbers in there, right? So everyone else does. Put their capital letters somewhere else. It's the same password everywhere. Not for this, Donny. Which Donny, Darren? Yes, a programmer has two guesses left to access a £175 million Bitcoin wallet. Stefan Thomas is not the first person to forget a password, but memory lapses are really so potentially costly. That's right. Stefan Thomas has just two chances left to get his hands on his $240 million. That's a £175 million fortune. Thomas is a San Francisco-based computer programmer and a decade ago he was given 7,002 bitcoins as a reward for making a video explaining how the cryptocurrency works. At the time he was paid, they were worth between $2 to $6 each. He stashed them away in his digital wallet and forgot about them. Now each bitcoin is worth $34,000 and, and the content of his wallet is valued at $240 million dollars but thomas has forgotten the password that will unlock his fortune write that shit down now i get it because bitcoin was so valueless when it first come out i might have bitcoin i don't even know you might have bitcoin and you don't even know i, I doubt i have bitcoin right but if you do sell it sell it now i know you think it's going to get higher but what if it gets lower? I'm a fucking pessimist. That's why I don't do stock markets and stuff. I don't do investments. Too much of a pessimist. I follow Warren uh, Buffett's view. If you don't understand it, don't invest. So Bitcoin, I have to concentrate too much to think of what a Bitcoin is and what a blockchain is. And I'm like, Darren, you can't invest money in this. Someone's going to bring in a new bit of jargon and, and it basically is going to translate into all your money's gone, brethren. And I don't want that in my life. You know, if I invest in a water company and you tell me they've built a new water treatment facility and they're selling more water to people, I'm like, I understand that. But if you go, yeah, I've seen the problem with the Bitcoin is that the, the blockchain's done this and, da, 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 and blah, 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 internet protocol, blah, blah. And you're saying all this stuff at me. I'm just like, right, so have I got money or not? They're like, no, no, you haven't. Now, imagine thinking, shit, you're about to lose all your money and then you forget your password as well. But imagine things sound 200 and... You know, 175 million pounds, yeah? 240 million dollars. That's not even a small thing. That's full life-changing, quit your job to stop doing what you're doing. Change the whole course of your life. Imagine that you're struggling to pay your mortgage and you've got 175 million pounds there, but you can't remember your flipping password. Two guesses left. Otherwise, you're going to be locked out of the wallet forever. I don't know what I'll do. How much would you pay? How, what, how much would you pay for someone to access that money? Like, like a no win, no fee. Because this, there's one guy, right? Um, the guy called Alex Stamos, um, an internet security expert at Stanford in, um, Internet Observatory, said he could crack the password within six months if Thomas gave him a 10% cut of the digital fortune. I'm paying you, mate. Because I had nothing before. And I will have nothing after if you don't get these passwords. So I'll be like, yes, shake hands, let's go. 10% is a bargain. I'm definitely paying 10% to get access to that money. 
You think I'm not going to give you 17 and a half million pounds so I can get the rest? I'm still left with like over 150 million pounds. Yes, you can have 17. I'll be glad to give you 17. But yeah, he um, tweeted um, for 220 million dollars in locked up Bitcoin. You don't make 10 password guesses, but take it to professionals to buy 20 iron keys and spend six months finding a side channel for uncapping or uncapping. He said on Twitter, um, I'll make it happen for 10 percent. Call me. Hey, do it, bro. But this isn't the first time this has happened, man. In t- 2013, Welsh IT worker James Howells accidentally threw out a hard drive containing the keys to 7,500 Bitcoins. At the time, the lost Bitcoins were worth about £4 million. That's heartbreaking enough. Um, now they're worth $250 million. I mean, I just, I've never thought about killing myself. Um... I'm not making light of suicide, but something like that may put me close to it. Like, uh, I'm either going to do that or laugh manically and just have a full breakdown. But my life's changed. Making that amount of money would make my life change or having that amount of money new, I literally threw it away. Would change my life. I guess that's chucking away a winning lottery ticket, right? Knowing categorically that you won. Misplacing it. No, Jesus. I, I don't know what I'll do. don't know what I'll do. I don't think I'm mentally strong enough to deal with, with such heartbreak. But anyway, let's get dear Deirdre. Um, ah, get in a more relaxed position. Um... Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. How long have we been talking for? 34 minutes. Let's do three of these. Try and wrap this up in 45 and get on with our day. All right, dear Deirdre, I'm only staying with my rich boyfriend until my ex gets a job. Okay. Dear Deirdre, I broke up with my boyfriend after nine years because he was always broke. I am now with a new bloke who is rich, treats you well and wants to marry me. So why do you not want to marry this guy? But I'm only staying with him until my ex gets a job. That makes no sense. I'm 32. My new man is 35 and my ex is 34. Um, Apart from always being broke, he has it all. He's good looking, fun, and we know each other inside out. Okay. Um, Our sex life was fantastic as we are both really adventurous and never let things get stale. But I got fed up because he's so laid back. He used to drift from one bar job to another and never wanted to push or prove himself. So when my new boyfriend, who owns a couple of garages, came to the hairdressers where I work and showed an interest in me, I thought um, it might actually spur my ex into action. All right. Um, I threatened to leave him for this new man, but my threats backfired and he simply said, go on then. (laughs) That was six months ago and I didn't feel I had any other choice. Now my new boyfriend, who is not attractive at all. Oh, you're a mug. I've seen this before. I've actually seen this before. They get with a better guy on paper, but he's not good looking. And he doesn't have any source. Like, why do women do this? Why do you pick just men that have an issue that you can't get with? Why don't you just get a guy that has the stuff you like? Now, why can't you attract a guy who's good looking, adventurous, in bed and all that stuff? 
but also has a good job as well. Like, why, why can't you fire that guy? I know those guys might be rarer, but what, what, what's, what are you doing while you can't attract that guy? You can't find that guy that you now need to pick between ugly rich or good looking lazy. Like, what, why, why do you have to pick between those two? I know. Anyway, um, I'm starting to really resent him and think about my ex when we're having sex. Jeez. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry what I say. Now my new boyfriend, who is not attractable, is trying to get me pregnant. And I can't help but feel he wants to trap me. Trap her. <laughs> um, I'm starting to really resent him and think about my ex when we are having sex. Sometimes I think I should let him get me pregnant. At least we should be well provided for. Jesus Christ. But then I think my ex would be less likely to take me back. I miss my ex, but I want, but I won't go back until he has a decent job. I have told him that, but so far he hasn't made any effort to change his ways. Because people generally don't like ultimatums. I mean, and if you have to really sell it to your guy of why it's good to have a job, then he's probably not the guy for you. Or maybe you're not the girl you think you are and you should just shut up and get with him. I don't know. Um, right, another one, long shot. My throat's getting really dry. Um, my long-distant boyfriend has changed his mind about moving in with me. Dear, dear Dre, for the past five years, I've been in a long-distance relationship um, my boyfriend lives in Wales, while I live in Kent. You, Kent. Um, we usually see each other every month, but COVID means it's been a couple of times in a year. Yeah, your relationship's dwindling. It's, got, it's going to, it's going to fade. You, you can't, you can't survive. That distance, is that, that that few visits, a couple of times a year. I had an ex lived in Barcelona for nine months. And in that nine months, we saw each other... Maybe 12 times in that nine months. Yep. For times, for periods of time spread in between four days and like two weeks. So, like, you, you got to see each other frequently. You, it's not, it's just not going to work. Anyway, our plan was for him to move in with me this year, but now he says he doesn't want to be a burden. Hmm. Sounds like he just doesn't want to be with you. He's 49 and he is he has been pretty poorly for the past year, not with coronavirus. Um he is worried he might not get a job and that I would end up paying all the bills. Okay, he's a man with pride and self-respect. I am a woman of 48 and he is in love. He is the love of my life, but he's so proud he just won't discuss the move with me. Look. I guess you've got to respect that, that he doesn't want to come in and just be, you know, fucking uh, a leech but at the end of the day you got to tell him look this relationship is not going to work if you don't move we'll look for a job for you like it's just temporary you being out of work is temporary don't worry because it's a lot it's not especially if you do think of yourself as like a provider and you, you know, think of yourself as a, a man's man so to allow yourself to be even just him being ill, just allow to be ill and allow yourself to be taken care of is uh, is hard for a lot of people. Like you know, like a lot of women are independent, got a good job, can do everything in the house as well. And for some women, it's very hard for them to actually just be taken care of because like, well, you think you're better than me because you're a man. It's like no, that isn't what's happening. That's not what's happening. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? People bringing the baggage and stuff. But I th- I feel like this is one of those ones that could be worked out of some 
decent communication. All right. Um, right. Next one. Oh, couldn't. Okay, let's see. Sexless life. All my boyfriends dumped me because I couldn't have sex with them. Well, I feel like this is going to be much bigger than I can uh, than I can actually jokingly deal with. Let's see, though. Um, dear Deirdre, I've had three serious relationships. Well, one by one, each of them dumped me because I couldn't have sex with them. I couldn't even let them touch me down there. Oh, she's going to have been molested as a kid, and I could, I could just tell it's going to be something horrible. Anyway, if any partners have gotten anywhere near my privates, I tense up. I just hate the feeling. It makes me panic. Wow. I am a 25-year-old woman and work for a big bank. Everyone assumes I have everything to look forward to. But instead, I feel life has passed me by. How could I have a proper relationship if I can't even have sex? Any medical examination like a smear test has to be done under anaesthetic. Otherwise, I start to cry and scream. I've even had a gynecologist examine me eternally to reassure me that everything is normal. I know my reaction is illogical. Jesus Christ. There's got to be... um. There's got to be something, like, if you haven't mentioned anything psychological. In, sorry, I haven't mentioned um, anything traumatic from your past. So I'm going to assume that there's got to be some kind of condition, right? Some kind of psychological um, thing going on. Like, what is that? The, let's, um, let's, have a, let's have a Google. Let's have a Google. Um... What is that? Va- vaginismus. What uh, is this going to mess up the recording if I press this button? Let's uh, let's hope not. Vaginismus. You hear that? Vaginismus is uh, the painful spasmodic contraction of the vagina in response to physical contact or pressure, especially during sexual intercourse. So I guess let's go on the NHS website. Let's get let's all become doctors, lads. And ladies, vaginismus is when the vagina suddenly tightens up just as you try to insert something into it. It can be painful and distressing, but it can be treated. What is vaginismus? Vaginismus is the body's automatic reaction to the fear of some or all types of vaginal penetration. So I guess in normal circumstances, well, say normal circumstances, this is a good automatic response to have if something was trying to enter you that you didn't want to enter you. So, okay, makes sense. Um, whenever penetration is attempted, your vagina muscles tighten up on their own. You have no control over it. Jesus. Occasionally, you can get vaginismus even if you have previously enjoyed painless penetrative sex. Vaginismus does not necessarily affect your ability to get aroused or enjoy other types of sexual contact. Ah, dear. Um, right. So, what are the treatments? Let's see, treatments. Psychosexual therapy, a type of talking therapy that aims to help you understand and change your feelings about your body and sex. Relaxation techniques, mindfulness, breathing and gentle touching exercises to help you learn to relax the vaginal muscles. Pelvic floor exercises, squeezing and releasing exercises to gain control of the vaginal muscles. Sensate focus exercises to help you with your relaxation during sex and increase your sex drive or libido. Or vaginal trainers. Well, that's some Air Maxes. Air Maxes for my pussy, you know. No, sorry. Um, vaginal trainers. <laughs> um, smooth tampon-shaped objects in different sizes that help you gradually get used to having something inserted into your vagina. Okay, I still prefer the idea of the Air Force Ones. <laughs> Air Force 
sex once on my vagina. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm not a doctor. Um, but yeah, that sounds fucking horrendous. But yeah, I mean, as much as understanding as we want to be for people, um, you know, you got to, uh, there's only so much you can support someone with, right? All right, last one, because that was a bit weird. Um, and we do this last one and we move, um, we end the podcast there and I'll talk about what I've been watching this week and that's it. But horrible man, my partner shaved off his head during lockdown to reveal his Nazi tattoo. Jesus. Jesus. Dear, dear, my partner shaved off his head during the lockdown to reveal a Nazi tattoo. It doesn't surprise me. What do you mean it doesn't surprise you? What the fuck is that? I'm quickly discovering he's not a nice man. Okay, um, no, that's, they're two different things, right? Because someone's not a nice person doesn't mean they're a Nazi. Um, you know what I mean? Just like someone's a bit of an arsehole, they shaved their, ah, oh, thought you were a Nazi. <laughs> it's like, what? This is a different level. Uh, he drinks way too much, and when he does, he gets aggressive, and the name-calling starts. He's 41, I'm 35. I just want a quiet life and to enjoy my children. But his drunk mood swings makes me walk on eggshells. Wait, you... Is this your husband? Is this the father of your kids? Can't be. He was on his 14th can of lager last night. How do you drink that much lager? I understand you drinking that many units, but that much lager... Um, last night when he said I should find somewhere else to live and called me a skank he accused me of having an affair that's a new one on me um, I want him to stop being mean and to stop breaking stuff in the house when he's had a bit get out please Jesus Christ the guy's got a Nazi tattoo he's alcoholic and he's abusive like what are you hanging about for I guess he made some financial tie to the to the building to the house like is it a mortgage and stuff Mate, yeah, it doesn't matter if you have a mortgage if you're fucking dead. Get the hell out. Get the kids, get out. That's what you need to do. Wait for him to go out. You don't want to try to be getting past him by the door. No, you don't want any of that shit. None of that at all. You, what you do is you wait for him to get out. You work out his flipping patterns and then you just get friends. Male friends, I know it's lockdown, but fuck it, don't care. Your male friends, you break that lockdown, the police will understand. Get your male friends, come round, pack that shit up, move out. Not in one go, actually, just move little bits out one at a time. Just items of clothing, just one day at a time, just moving it out. And then this final day, kids, we're going. Leave. Don't believe it. Just leave. Let him come back home and be like, what the fuck? Then let him receive a letter to say we're selling the house. That's what you do. Guy's got a flipping Nazi tattoo in his head. But here's my thing though, right? You're playing victim now. Cool. But you just said you're not surprised he had the tattoo. So someone's telling me that there were some good times. There's some good hell Hitlers who was throwing up and he was all the laugh. He's like, he's so funny, he's so quirky, he's always pretending to like Nazi stuff. It's so weird. He's all this Nazi memorabilia in the spare room. It's so weird. And then he gets the Nazi tattoo in his head and he's like, oh, I mean, but he's cute though when his hair's shaved. And then he was abusive to you. And then he was like, he's horrible. 
<laughs> fuck off. Uh, but no, seriously, if you are suffering from any kind of domestic abuse, then you should get out and save your children. Anyway, that is the end of the pod. Um, before I go, uh, I'm going to recommend Little Fires Everywhere. If you haven't watched that, Jesus, brilliant. Kerry Washington, Reese Witherspoon, sick, wicked. Wicked, 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 unbelievable. Wife suggested I watch it. She said it's so good, she'd watch it again with me. And I watched it. I was like, do you know what? Flipping good. Good suggestion. And then we've been watching See No Evil. These are both on Amazon Prime because we've completed Netflix. So we're now on Amazon Prime, just trying to find stuff on there. Uh, you know, series that have only got two series deep and ended in 2017. We've got to start watching that stuff. But we're watching um, See No Evil. And um, it's it's just all about the CCTV basically helping to crack cases in America. And you start watching it. You remember the old, like, um, police cops, road traffic cops, like the American shows. You remember that guy? The white hair used to, like, lean on the car door. He's a 8.15 in San Diego, California. Pickup truck is... Racing away, but he's not too fast for the cops. And, you know, and he's just <laughs> they put the stinger out to blow out his tires. <laughs> then they pull over and pull their guns out. The man tries to run in the dark, but what he doesn't realize is that we've got helicopters that have heat sensors and they can spot him running in the dark. It isn't soon, it isn't long until the dogs find him. Cowering like a coward, he soon brought to justice and he sentenced for ten years. It's cut. It's still got that kind of talking in it, but uh, and the the dramatic the score, it's brilliant. The dramatic music, the <laughs> dude see, it's like the police study the CCTV. They always refer to the CCTV as a witness. They're they're looking at the scene of the crime, and there's no witnesses. Until one of the officers discover the one of the most reliable witnesses there is. CCTV. They soon get a copy of the tape and take it away. They watch the recording and then they spot something sinister. It's like it's like that. It is like that. But but it's gripping. It's gripping shit. <laughs> it is gripping shit, man. So I suggest that see no evil. And little fires everywhere. Uh, yeah, that's the one. All right, so that is the end of the pod. Uh, I'm going to get up and do something useful in the house. All right, people. Peace.